Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, Michael and I somehow get started talking about the last dance with Michael Jordan. And we decide to talk about some lessons we've learned from the show, The Last Dance. So we're just calling this one the one about the last dance. So we hope you'll sit back and relax and enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how is it going this week? That's going well, Nate. How are you? I'm doing good. How was your vacation? Uh, it was very good. I enjoyed it. It was. Uh, we went to Colorado. We went camping, and so we. Uh, it's what you. You say, were distanced from everybody. Huh? Yeah, it was a very socially distanced vacation, um, which is probably exactly what we needed. It wasn't, you know. I mean, there were other people in the park we were camped in. Right, um, and there, of course. you know, you would see a, you would see fishermen on the other side of the, you know, body of water that you were fishing in, and uh, there's a little store that you can, kind of, ride a bicycle up to this little place where you can get supplies if you need it, some firewood and that kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. And so, uh, you you would see people. Um, what know. was the weather like? The weather was cool. Um, it was, it was in 50 all night or 50 or less all night. And then it was, so uh, you were in hoodies and stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't pack anything. I living in San Marcos, I felt like I had so much residual heat build up that uh, <laughs> I didn't, you just stayed warm on the inside. I just stayed warm cause I, I was still had been microwaved. Um, yeah. but, uh, no, we, we, you know, I, I had a pair of joggers that I would wear in the morning, and by 10, 10.30 in the morning, I would need to go change into shorts. Yeah. Um, and I had one long sleeve shirt that I would just, you know, pull on to run to the, the outhouse. There was a, yeah you know, a bathroom place where they had a shower, some shower stalls and things like that. And so uh, it was, it wasn't what I would call roughing it, because uh, we stayed in a, you know, a camper, but... Um, so you guys were glamping. I, it was somewhere <laughs> south of that, for sure. Um, I, I wouldn't I'm call kidding. it glamping. We, uh, you know, but because there wasn't a whole lot of activity, you know, we spent a lot of time fishing. We spent a lot of time pitching washers with the family. And we see spent... you pitch washers. I would throw washers. I guess uh, it just depends <laughs> on where you grow up. You know, I I just always called it pitching washers. Um, the uh, or tossing washers, I'm not sure. Um, and so we did that, and then uh, you know played some cornhole. Uh, or, Good old cornhole. Yeah. Did you I, catch many fish, Michael? I caught plenty of fish. Um, you I did. Caught, yeah, I caught four or five a day. That's good. So. Um, do you eat it, those fish? Uh, yes, we do. Uh, we. What we, are they like? Crappie or bass or? They're trout. Trout. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Colorado Stream. I'm sorry. That's cooler, all right. Cooler waters. Cooler waters, yeah. Please so, forgive me. Yeah. 
Um, actually, the in San Marcos early in the early in the spring, uh, they they release some trout here, and you can catch them. But it doesn't take long before it gets too warm for trout. But there, you know, the water is in the 50s and 60s, and so. Well, your water's pretty cool. I mean, it's 70-something, right? It's 72. It's cool for humans, yeah. but as far as trout are concerned... Um, they they needs, like it cooler. Huh? They need it, They want it cooler than that. So, Anyway, we had, a, we had a good time. You know, the family enjoyed being together, and uh, Judah had such a good time that he said, Hey, can I go home with Grandpa? And uh, so he went home with Grandpa and, and my mom. And uh, so he's. I used to them. go with my grandparents for a week every summer to Lubbock, Texas. That's a week or two. Yeah, he to, he's in Lubbock, Texas. Um, he he wanted a new headboard for his bed. Actually, he he doesn't have a headboard, and so he and Grandpa are building a headboard together. That's incredible. Yeah, and so it looks yeah. like uh, he's going to have a, a baseball themed bed. Uh, the, the fun the, the footboard is a baseball and the headboard is home plate and he That's even awesome he even got to make it look dirty like home plate would be like kind of right. scarred and whatnot and he's very excited about the whole thing i get daily updates and pictures from judah um, well that's good because that way when he comes in dirty from like playing outside or sports or whatever he can just if he gets the bed dirty no one will know the difference. yeah you can't tell the difference yeah i told him that just seemed lazy to me but <laughs> no i didn't really say that uh, it, it looks really good. It's very. It's kind of got an artistic flair to it. So it doesn't look dirty. It looks intentionally. I'm sullied. just messing with you. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of intentionally sullied. <laughs> that should be the name of a band somewhere. <laughs> well, from okay. all the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. There right? you go. Intentionally no. sullied. Um, um, yeah. Well, I've been of... to Colorado in the summer. Oh yeah. And yeah, first time I went to youth camp at Golden Bell. I was totally unprepared for putting on a sweatshirt at night. They all warned me, so I had one. But I was like, we're at camp. I grew up at Camp Arrowhead where it's like 120 at night. I mean, you never need a hoodie or a sweatshirt ever at Camp Arrowhead. No, you don't. But at Golden Bell every night. And I was just like, this is the life, man. You can actually breathe up here. Like, well, in some ways. You can't breathe because of the altitude, but you can breathe because of the heat. That didn't make any sense. Yeah. That first day, I always have a little bit of altitude sickness, and then I adjust. Um, But, you know, you got to take your Blistex with you because your your lips and your nostrils are going to chap because there's no humidity in the air. I mean, it's bone dry. Um, It's interesting. Like, every ice melts faster, it seems, in the cooler than it should. Like, I'm not sure why. I don't know what altitude does to ice melting, but um, well, you know there probably is something about pressure. So here's my chemistry knowledge from college okay. coming right. in handy finally. Um, <laughs> pressure and temperature are—they have this relationship that yeah. um, I think it may be inverse. So if if you raise the pressure or lower the pressure, then yeah, it may melt faster. So. This seems That's like interesting. Uh, we PV equals NRT is the formula, and I can't remember all the different ways to <laughs> adjust it now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, when you say PV equals NRT, I I, re- I vaguely remember, remember that? that from chemistry class, but I yeah. I couldn't tell you what so, P V N or T or R. I don't know what any of them mean. 
Yeah, well, I, I, I don't remember all of them anymore. I think <laughs> R is the constant, which was point zero eight two one or something like that. Oh, I my God, I don't remember. I don't remember them, except, you know, it's just point zero eight two one. But I know pressure and volume and temperature are all interrelated. So. Okay, yeah, well, uh, yeah. that makes sense. That yeah, I get, so I get that. now that I just nerded out and no one's listening anymore, <laughs> my wife is like, just turn the podcast just off. Just shut it off, shut it off. No, that, that might make sense. Well... Maybe, Maybe we, we should, should talk, talk about yeah something, something more exciting yeah something <laughs> <laughs> my vacation is probably not the most interesting thing to talk about because basically the whole goal was to do nothing. Um, I, well, I thought the vacation was interesting. It's just when I started talking about pressure and volume being inversely <laughs> proportional. Well, there's probably a podcast about that somewhere for a very specific group of people who want to talk about yeah. those things, but. Um, and there's well, what probably, do you want to talk about today, then? There's probably some analogy we could draw. We could use that yeah, and create I'm sure. a sermon. But I, you know, I think I was thinking about some things. I've been watching the Michael Jordan thing. Uh, the yeah, me I say too. Michael Jordan. It's really not Michael Jordan. It's about Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. You know, the Bulls dynasty, as it were, uh, and the, the last, last dance. dance. And really, it's a, I think it's a I think it's a show of, about hating Jerry Krause. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Which, their general manager man yeah. you, you know what i learned from that so far i'm on the last episode i've got to watch that one today but i learned how oblivious i was as a kid i just loved the basketball i didn't oh, know I did. about all the other stuff that was going on but you know anyway I, go ahead i remember I, I remember like so it pops up on screen the date you know uh july right. 23rd 1994 and and uh, my kids are guessing, like they're watching and they're guessing at what happens. I said, no, that's the day that Michael's dad went missing. Yeah, uh, and it's and and you know, of course, they had said. Well, I know that, why you know that. That's the day after your birthday, and I was like, speaking yeah, of which, yeah, birthday, um, Michael Jordan's dad. Yesterday was your birthday. It was. I'm 44. It's years July old. 23rd right now. It is. Isn't it that is. amazing? That's funny. That's funny. Um, Happy birthday, Michael. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I sent you HBMP because sometime <laughs> years ago, you started uh, sending me HBNC, which stands for Happy Birthday, Nate Cook, I'm yeah. assuming. And then I would send back TYMP. Yes. So I decided to reciprocate and send you HBMP. Yesterday, so and I think I re- I reciprocated with T Y N C. Yeah, you uh, did. That tends to be my that tends to be the thematic thing. Uh, you know, when they talk about the least you can do, that's yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> You're that. You're very welcome. That's the it's least. Good to I can know do. that. Yeah, you wanted to put out a lot of effort on my birthday. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could have done less, but not much. Yeah, you did drive here for my graduation, or at least that was part of the premise of why you drove up yeah. to see us. Sure, well, that's you know that's a one-time thing. Well, anyway, back to uh, yeah. You've had forty. Nobody gets credit for just being born. Birthdays. Yeah, no. um, I did get a lot of a, a text yesterday that said, "Hey, I'm glad you were born," which I think is a that's funny, good. a funny text, you know, because yeah. I don't know how to respond. Well, me too. I, yeah, I, yeah. Most days, very thankful for. That. Most days, I'm thankful for that. Um, <laughs> the uh, there are those moments where you say just kill me now but um, <laughs> but uh, most of the time I'm happy for it the uh, and I've seen it's a wonderful life enough times that I know that yeah I don't, don't want to be taught a lesson about 
you know what what how life rich would be you like. are yeah how rich you know the richest man in town but um I, I was thinking about just in watching all of that you know watching and 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 Nate, I don't know about you, but when I watched that Michael Jordan thing, or I keep saying it, I'm just going to call it the last dance because it's really not there the Michael go. Jordan thing. Yeah. But um, I appreciated, you know, Steve Kerr's perspective uh, and and yeah, uh, just Paxson. Um, I just thought, dude, I just loved him. I just when yeah. when he hit the that game winning shot. Anyway. I just really appreciated all of all of the way it was happening on screen and the bouncing back and forth, but and I, even Dennis Rodman's perspective. Oh, I love Dennis Rodman. I used to say yeah. that if I could if I could pick, you know the, that question, if you could have lunch with anybody, who would it be? I would always say Dennis. Besides Rodman. Jesus. Well, right? yeah, you, you couldn't say, say Jesus. Besides Jesus. <laughs> you couldn't say Jesus. I would say Dennis Rodman or or Eminem. I always wanted to. I just thought those guys would. <laughs> or I would Eminem. like to. Yeah, either one of those two. I just thought. That would be the most entertaining lunch ever. I would just. I would enjoy. ask him about mom's spaghetti. Yeah, <laughs> you would. Have you heard the Eminem where they just redid the whole song to mom's spaghetti? It's just like mom's spaghetti, mom's spaghetti, mom's spaghetti. It's just ask over him, and over. Ask and him over. how he felt about that. He'd probably say, oh, "That's stupid." Yeah. yeah. Somebody <laughs> just redubbed those words over. Oh, and no, over. I haven't heard that. Um, yeah. But I just always thought that would be an interest. Those would be interesting conversations. And Dennis Rodman just seems, uh, you know, I remember as a kid thinking, uh, being mixed about about him, wondering if he was doing it for the attention or if he was really having a meltdown or you know like why was he yeah. missing practice? What kind of statement was he trying to make? How mad? I wondered how mad Michael and Scotty were at him because. I just thought, surely they are just ticked at him. And to hear kind of their perspective in this show was just really yeah. interesting. And to hear his and, uh, you know, uh, and Phil Jackson. And then see that Phil Jackson was kind of a, a Dennis Rodman-type figure yeah. in, in his day. Didn't um, know that either. No, yeah. didn't have a clue about that. That was so cool. Um, well, but My just... father-in-law watched Dennis Rodman play at Southeastern Oklahoma State University. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, um, when he was a shy kid, SNU yeah. still plays them. But he he would tell me he, when he would watch Rodman when we were when I was younger and we were talking about Rodman. He would say, "Dude, this guy that doesn't shoot the ball and just rebounds and and plays defense, he dominated on offense against Bethany Nazarene College, and and he did. He averaged like twenty seven points a game. They said, but." But yeah. he just knew his role on that team. Uh-huh. And my interesting thing was I was a Pistons fan, but you know, as well, oh. which was hard to be because Podcast I was over. distant from Podcast it. over. <laughs> but but I remember Rodman when he was kind of clean cut and everything, and I was like, that was my question is what happened? When did that happen? You know, so Well he learned it. He said on the on the show that he, he developed that at Detroit. Which I think that you know, that's what happens in Detroit, um, yeah. with the Pistons is everybody turns into a bad guy. Yeah. John Sally was a great guy, but he played for yeah. the Pistons, so I couldn't like him. You know, I, I don't yeah. know if Isaiah Thomas is a good guy or not, but I couldn't stand him because he played for the oh, Pistons. That's you what know. was funny is I had a poster of Isaiah Thomas and Michael Jordan both on my wall, and they were both those full-size ones where you can measure yourself Why next would you to do them. that? I know. I was like, <laughs> I didn't have the animosity that they had for each other, apparently, but oh. I could balance the two. I did. Um, I hated I Isaiah like, Thomas. Isaiah I couldn't Thomas stand him. He was... He was undersized, you know, so, uh-huh. um, and, 
And he always smiled a lot when he played. I like that. He too. did he, smile he a lot. Like he was enjoying the game a lot. I didn't think so, he was enjoying it. I thought he was being hateful. Like in my <laughs> mind, that's what I thought. I thought. Look at him. He's so smug. He's such a jerk. You know. <laughs> so I mean, funny how we we like read into people's. Oh, I did. I did just because so, he was a piston. Yeah. It didn't matter. Like I, I had judged him because of the uniform that he had on. I guess I was kind of a bandwagoner now that I look at it because I like the Pistons and then I like the Bulls. So I I might have been a bandwagon kid, but I always liked the Dallas Mavericks no, in see, the midst of all of it. They I just never were in the playoffs. Yeah. When I was a kid, I had two choices. Like, we, we lived in the Panhandle, so we didn't get uh, regular programming like apparently the rest of the world did where you got yeah. regional programming. We ended up, I had TBS and WGN. So I, could, I was not going to be a White Sox fan. Right. And so I didn't watch. So it, and it hurt my heart when Michael Jordan went to the White Sox. Like that <laughs> that broke my heart. Um but uh and I I wasn't going to be a Cubs fan. Like that was the choice. You could be a Cubs fan or a Braves fan cuz you got TBS and WGN. Right. And so I picked I picked the Braves cuz I was a Del Murphy fan. Well, yeah. when it came to basketball, I could, you know, I didn't get any Texas basketball. Just like I didn't get yeah. Texas baseball. So That's I, interesting. You know, my option was to root for the Bulls because that's what yeah. came on TV. So I watched the Bulls. So I was a Bulls fan and a Braves fan, which is totally, you know, outside of, you know, my area and my region. We'd go to see the Rangers play, and I'm like, who is this Rangers team? Like, Yeah, right. Is this a is this triple-A ball? Like, what is this? You know, of course, it's American League, so it is kind of triple-A ball, but, you know, that's not the point. I'm, yeah, my I'm wife sorry. used to have a little bit of a crush on Michael Jordan, so she was a Bulls fan. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know if she wanted me to share that, but she, <laughs> she's always loved basketball, which is great because uh-huh. I love basketball. Are, are we going to talk about anything besides just basketball? Today? Well, you know, we, we don't have... We were I, going somewhere. The reason, the reason that I thought it was so interesting is, I, you know, you're still... You're watching all these people talk, and they're, I mean, these huge celebrity. Like, they're yeah. just... Everybody knows... Who Michael Jordan is? He broke outside of the baseball. He made Nike what Nike is. You know, I mean. Yeah, that was a cool story too. Yeah, there's just so so much to this this guy, and he's the grandiose figure. Um, Did you see how many microphones were around him? Oh gosh! Like where claustrophobia would break in. At oh, some point. I I'm surprised he didn't freak out and hit people. Like I mean, yeah, you know that's what would have happened if they'd have surrounded Dennis Rodman. He'd start punching people. <laughs> um, the, um. And he knew that. That's why he had to sneak out the back door. You know, he need to get away from that before he hurts him. There you but, go. Yeah. Um, but I just thought about all of that celebrity and how we, uh, how we, you know, we judge people for that spotlight, that spotlight moment that they're in. We don't know them. I mean, we don't know what they're right. like with their kids. We don't know what they're like with their spouse. We don't know what they're like with their parents. And you know, yes. we don't know what their Thanksgiving table looks like. It probably looks a lot like ours. You know, there's one moment where they showed somebody's grandma um, being happy for for him, and uh, and Shelly goes, "They're just so. They're just normal people. Like, yeah, like yeah. that's how we would respond. That's how you know our families would respond if one of our kids was a celebrity. They would. We. It wouldn't change the family." Um, right, you know, and so it's just such an interest. Celebrity is such an interesting thing, and yet it seems like that's what we actually worship. And I've been thinking yeah. about this. I've been thinking about how we worship celebrity, and how gratitude is connected to that, and how it seems that that gratitude is difficult 
um, because we don't actually want to give anybody else credit uh, for our successes. Like we hold on, we hold it t- on tight because we want to. We want to have achieved something all on our own because uh, we think that's what will get us recognition. Um, and, and, and that really hinders dependency and obedience and some of the, the Christian values that we preach are hindered yeah. by that. You know? And so, I don't know, I've just been thinking a lot about that. Um, I, I often talk about that I believe grati- ingratitude, the lack of gratitude, was really the first sin in the garden that we see it's here has God lavished everything these people need for everything they will ever, you know, can imagine they have food, they have meaningful work to do. And it's like, did God really say, you know, God's trying to keep something from you. It's, you can't just enjoy and receive gifts that God's given you, but, but, but we want to be the ones who have the knowledge of good and evil. We want to be the ones. And American culture has always kind of been, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you make sure. something of sure. it. You know, the old, we all just want to be big rock stars. And what social media has done has been allowed us to achieve that on a small scale. So people can watch every bit of our lives if we want them to. Sure, sure. And so and, we can, we can feel like celebrity. Yeah. And covet our lives. That's the problem. Yeah. Is it cause covetous feelings in others? And and if you work your way, I mean, certainly what we see in Genesis is is um, uh, appreciated and reflected in the Ten Commandments. Um, yeah. The Tenth Commandment is "Thou shalt not covet," but it's actually the, where it all starts. Whenever you start coveting, that's what causes you to murder. That's what causes you to commit adultery. That's what causes you not being grateful for what you have and wanting more and wanting what others have then leads to uh, a day where we don't even honor the Sabbath, right? I, I, yeah. I no longer honor the Sabbath and keep it holy because I need to be working on that day because I need to achieve because I need to get to where that other person is. Well, now you're speaking my language because you're talking about the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. But, but really the Sabbath is just a day to receive things with gratitude. I mean, yeah. if, if you want to get right down to it, and, and you're right. When we receive something, it means we didn't earn it. It's grace. It's and so, grace is hard for us, man, because, like, we we want to have done something to deserve it. Sure, we do. We want God to have and expectations of us. We want to be able to say, "Yeah, I did that." Yeah. And you see that in that documentary. It's like I want people to know I'm the best that ever oh, yeah. played this game. I yeah. did that. Yeah. They didn't do that. I uh-huh. worked harder than they did. Absolutely. I mean, and and you see them struggling with it. I, there was one moment where Shelly goes, they're so honest. Like, they're so yeah. honest about their ambition. They're honest about where they were and how they felt and how hard it was to lose. And, you know, Reggie Miller was, uh, you know, said, I thought we were the best team. Yeah. It hurt because I thought to we this were the day. best team. To this day, yeah. I still think we were the best team. Well, yeah. you know. And then Michael Jordan was laughing about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, you weren't, Reggie. We always had you. We just teased you along, yeah. you know, which, which, you know, uh, just this, all that struggle and, and for, you know, for them to put that on screen and talk about it, uh, yeah. about how, you know, and, and from, uh, well, you haven't seen the last episode, so I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it's, it's really good. The thing, the, the last thing that Michael has to say about the whole, the whole situation, uh, I think is very important for us right now. I think if you want to say it, you can go ahead. No, I, no, 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 I lived it. 
I mean, you, I'm okay. You, well, yeah, but you you didn't live this moment because this is brand okay. new. Okay. Yeah, this is the first right. time it's been on celluloid. Um, oh, I probably never made it celluloid. It's probably all digital. But anyway, did you say cellulite? Celluloid. Oh, okay. <laughs> like the thing that you know, film. Anyway, it didn't yeah, make it to film. It's all digital. So, uh, yeah, I, I just think um, that COVID nineteen quarantine, this outbreak, this worldwide pandemic, these this this struggle that we're in is robbing us of the ability to achieve. Yeah. And, and so that's part of the crisis that we're facing is I can't achieve during these days. I can't make At least at happen. the same level and to the same degree. Sure, sure. I mean people are yeah. still achieving, still people are still right. creating. People are still um have you have you seen uh uh Monument Men? Have you seen this movie? It was a George Clooney production. Or I, I, somebody else no, produced it. But I'll George have to Clooney put it was, on my list of Michael movies that I haven't seen. It's about it's about these uh, uh, this group of of men, uh, some Americans, uh, Frenchmen, Englishmen, whose job it is to recover the art that Hitler stole. Oh, I may have seen that. And uh, and they and they're trying to recover it. And they're saying, uh, you know, at one point George Clooney has this little speech that he gives and he says, if we don't recover this, then the cultures represented here, the achievements of these people are erased and, and then their lives are just ash in the wind. Um, and it reminds yeah. you of that moment where Thanos snaps and the whole half the universe is ash in the wind. You know, like this is this is our this is our worry. This is our greatest worry that all of our achievements would just be ash in the wind. That we would be forgotten, you know. Well, and isn't that really what ends up kind of happening? You don't take it with you. I mean, maybe people remember your name, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, I mean, if we base our whole worth on achievement, we're going to be sorely disappointed. And the other thing that I think is interesting is for pastors right now, since we are pontificating pastors, like much of what we've been told, although I don't subscribe to it sometimes we get kind of fit into the mold of it is here's how you achieve as a pastor you put more people in the seats <laughs> you bring in more offerings you know that's yeah. that's what it looks like you grow the church have you more grow programs. the church yeah and right now we can't even put people in the seats which yeah which is <laughs> yeah which is terrible We're sitting outside in their lawn chairs so <laughs> which is which is terrible and probably the driving force behind um, because somewhere along the way we realized that none of those things were actually the achievements we were called to by Christ. We were called to make disciples. So then we right. had to figure out a way to measure whether or not a person was a disciple. And so, yeah. and whether or not they were being discipled, whether or not we had made that disciple, you know, uh, the struggle um, then became, which is funny because we actually have a passage in scripture where Paul is saying, I'm so glad I didn't baptize all of you. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad. It would be about me. Oh. Yes, um, and and I think probably we we, you know, that achievement been, then becomes important, um, because it becomes this measuring tool for how much how much grace we're afforded, which is totally wrong, right? Yeah, it's totally against our theology, totally upside down from what we actually say we believe. But it, but we need we want God to have high expectations of us, and we want Him to push us, right? And and that's not to say that. I don't know what expectations God has of us. I don't know. Um, I, I, I go back and forth on this. You know, um, 
He doesn't love me because I meet his expectations. But at some point, he does call me, and so he does give me tasks to do. Um, right. Surely he's not up there going, I know you're going to screw this up, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. <laughs> you know, I, and so there's this, there's this real back and forth, uh, you know, of how to, how to abide in, in grace. How to abide. Yeah. And, and I think hope is the answer. I do. I think it's I think it's about hope and I think probably our where your hope is placed is what then becomes what you trust and what you worship, right? And yeah. so if my hope is placed in my ability to achieve, then I worship achievement and if I'm worshiping and celebrity. It, and that's celebrity. Yeah. I mean Eventually. that's ultimately what you're what you're what that eventuates in is I worship right. the one who has achieved the most, right? Yeah, there was actually a moment in that Michael Jordan uh, interview, one of those interviews where he's they're showing some B-roll and him walking down a, a corridor and somebody yells, "Hey, Michael, I worship you!" And it's it's in subtitles across the bottom of the screen. Wow. And you're like, oh, and yeah, no, how I feel yeah. about that. That's not you know, which <laughs> reminds you of Peter, you know, walking down and his shadow was falling on people and they were being healed and then they're bowing down and worshiping. He says, no, 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 worship me. Don't worship me, you know. Right. And this. Yeah. Real... Anyway. listening to Richard Rohr this week as I've been preparing for Sunday and one of the things that he talks about is it, it really matters what we start with so if we start with grace um, then we're going to end up with grace if, if we start realizing first of all that all of this is a gift and, and I think for me I would to answer your question what expectations does God have for us I think what God expects for, from us is for us to respond to his invitation of love with love, with, with our whole selves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then I think that results in transformation in our lives. It res, so there are things that we end up doing, but it's not to be accepted, but it's because we have been accepted. Right. So we, yeah. we do the things of the Christian faith because we've been accepted and we realize that this life is is real life and it's truth and there are some things that matter in this world and, and so we live for those things not out of obligation or to try to achieve something but because it's already been achieved for us in Christ yeah. we've we've already received uh, that love and grace and so we're we're ready to pass it on to others so yeah I definitely think uh, gratitude humility um, those things go hand in hand and when we when we're able to humble ourselves and receive from God then it's much easier to give that away to other people which looks like Christian living when we begin to give away the things we've received so um, yeah we were talking about another moment in that uh, documentary where um, Michael Jordan's father has died and he begins hanging out with the security guards who are much older than him. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he felt like he needed that voice of wisdom in his life mm -hmm. 
that he was going to be missing now that his dad was gone and and how in society we really don't seem to these days really revere our senior adults and those people who have lived for a long time and who have some wisdom for us yeah uh, a lot of times you see on like movies and you know they kind of become the butt of jokes yeah. um, culture has kind of said and we've asked the question during covid like should we just let the young people keep doing whatever they want and you know yeah. If the elderly get sick, they get sick, you know? Should, yeah, it should seems, we, you know. Yeah, it seems like we if we're going to go to great lengths to save the lives of these elderly people, then we probably ought to go to great lengths to listen to them. Once yeah. we once we preserve their life, we should probably give them a voice. And um and we don't really we don't really like giving the elderly a voice. We we like to pretend like we want to give everybody a voice. Um, you know, and and Oh and, yeah. You know, We've been we've been on this big kick. Yeah, we've been on this big kick about giving everybody a voice, but but I don't know how much time we spend actually sitting down and listening. So it was really refreshing to see that. What was what was really a great commentary on the way that Michael approached, you know, doing life with his his security guards and with George, his personal assistant, who was older than him. Um, The uh, they there was just this connection that they have. Um, and this listening that he did, and this, and especially with Gus, his head security, you know, um, who he saw as a father figure and was there while he was dying of cancer and all these things, you know, and they pointed it out. I thought a beautiful moment that really verified and validated that was um, was when Kobe Bryant was interviewed, and yeah. he said, he said, everybody wants to know, one on one, could I take Michael? One on one. Am I better than Michael? And he said, I don't think you understand that I'm not here without Michael. Like, yeah. he's paid into me so much that when you see me working, you see Michael. Right. What? What? Like, no. You who, ever watch Kobe who talks Bryant that way? Say, you ever watch Kobe Bryant play? You can see Michael Jordan. Like, the moves, some of the things that he did, he directly picked up. And, and he says like a big brother to me. And yeah. so I don't want, yeah, I don't want to talk about, can I beat him one-on-one? Yeah. I wouldn't be who I am without him. How many of us have the wherewithal to say, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be who I am without these people in my life. Yeah. That, that elevated both men in my thoughts. Like that yeah. elevated, that elevated Kobe Bryant so much for him to say, you know, I saw Michael doing this thing and I went to him and I said, how do you pull that off? How do you make that work? Like, what are you looking at? What is your, and he gave me details. Like right. he gave me the details of how he does what he does, which said so much about Michael Jordan wasn't trying to protect his, it wasn't proprietary. Right. There was no, pro- yeah. it was, if you will ask me, I'll tell you, cause I want us all to be better. Because I yeah. don't want to play you if you're not the very best you can be, and and well, just, and that's what we would call discipleship. That's basketball discipleship. Yeah, it was. And and Phil, if you watch, I looked at Shelly one time and I said, Phil Jackson is their pastor. Like <laughs> when when they were receiving Dennis Rodman back into the fold, you know, he said, Hey, yeah. Dennis, Dennis disgraced us. He disgraced all of our names. But we've had a conversation, and he's going to come back in here, and he's going to play with us, and you're going to let him. You know? Yeah. That was that was what. Well, he was the Zen master, so I mean, <laughs> I saw his, I saw his Zen garden in one of the just shots 
And I kind of perked up because I have that Zen garden in my backyard that I haven't quite finished yet, but yeah. with my bonsai trees. So, um, <laughs> but you know, his spirituality was from a lot of different influences, but, you know, some, some Native American influence. But but he definitely did, did think in, in bigger terms than just, you know, like earth and matter kind of terms. He, he definitely uh, kind of believe there was something bigger and whether that was the God that I, you know, would claim as a Christian pastor, um, you know, that's that, but it was interesting to see how he did kind of work pastorally to keep mm -hmm. that team together. You almost would have to be some, somewhat sure. of a pastoral person. Sure. He didn't just, he didn't just coach basketball. He coached, he did some life coaching as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and that was, which speaks to the need. It speaks to the human need. It speaks to the need for community. It speaks to the need for um, just the the whole thing was very very human. Yeah. And it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't a, a human bashing. It was a human celebration of honesty of how we continue in relationship with one another when we don't agree with one another. Now, how right. do we do this for the sake of a goal? Imagine if we if we set a goal together and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna proceed towards this goal." Uh, with everything we have, and we expect all members to give everything they have, and and when you can't, uh, and you have to sit out for a while, and you know, then that's okay. But if you want to be on this court, this is how we do this, you know. Yeah. Uh, this, and it it was. I thought it was a an inspiring thing. I think. Being, yeah. It made me want to be human. Yeah, and really, so much of Christianity has has lived with this idea that that all that God really cared about was our souls. And, you know, forget the fact that Hebrew people didn't really believe in the body-soul dichotomy that yeah. we do like I remember, because of Plato. Yeah. I remember but, asking uh, Gerard Tashin in the hallway. We stood there as a group of theology students at SNU and said, Dr. Tashin, do we have souls? Like... Is it, are we a body and a soul? And he just looked at us and he thought for a second. He said, we are souls. And then he walked away. Yeah, so like, I, I've read places and heard places, just this idea that really becoming Christian makes us the most human. That Jesus was the prototype human. Absolutely. Yeah. And so when you're saying that, I'm hearing that. And the other thing I'm hearing is they held each other accountable. And that's something that's really difficult to do in church culture these days because unlike a basketball team where you're being paid to be there, right? Like the easiest thing to do when accountability comes in, when we fail, the easiest thing to do is just bail out. Sure, and that becomes... That's just be yeah. like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go, ghost you, I'm leaving, I'm out of here. Right, and there's, there's this tension caused by judgment and the judgment was caused by legalism because nobody really wanted to judge. We just judged because we didn't want to be judged by the people who would judge us because we didn't judge you, you know. And, and so it, it just <laughs> That's becomes very this, true. It becomes yeah. this train of, of judgment. And the reason it was is because we were all trying to achieve something because it wasn't we weren't really worshiping God. Legalism comes from a, a need for achievement. It doesn't come from God. Um, it doesn't come from gratitude. Like no, it doesn't about. come from gratitude. It comes from a worship of celebrity. It comes from a worship of achievement, and we actually were worshiping those instead of God, and that's how we became legalists because we were like, no, 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 no. Everybody's on board, and we're all going to look the same, and uniformity is the way we're going because we're trying to achieve something here. 
we want to build our reputation as the church. And we forgot that it was about Christ. It's not about us. And it's got to be about Christ, not because Christ needs it to be about Christ, but because we need it to be about Christ. Because if we're not yeah. worshiping him, then we're worshiping something less than him. We're worshiping ourselves. We're worshiping some aspect of humanity. We're worshiping, you know, um, I, and, and to be fully human is to realize I am human. I do need help. I appreciate the help I've been given. I am not God. I am not God. That's, Say that that's out a, loud. That's what it means to be human. <laughs> I'm not right. God, and you know, but you are, Lord, and so I submit myself to you because oh, don't we hate to submit ourselves, right? Yeah. Like some of those interviews that they did, you could just see it right behind their their eyes, going, "Oh, I'm hating to have to confess that he was better than me," like, right? Or yeah, you know, like I just I don't like it. I don't like thinking about the fact that somebody is better than me at anything. You know, I have to I have to choke down you know, pride and arrogance all the time. And, and, and I want, I don't want anybody to think that I had, I needed I've help. noticed that in you. Yeah. You I, really, <laughs> I don't want anybody to think sorry, I needed help. I'm sorry, I couldn't help. resist. <laughs> well, I think we all do. Yeah. We, we all do. I, it's why I, we can't be happy for one another right. sometimes. And so accountability then doesn't become, it becomes judgment. We only hear it as judgment anymore. If you're holding right. me accountable, you're judging me. But, but right. accountability is actually encouragement towards the very best thing, towards the very right. best version of yourself. It's not supposed to be, hey, you suck. It's supposed to be, you have so much potential. And right. if you would act in these disciplined ways, you might, you might arrive at that. If you would exercise some discretion, you might arrive at that. If you would lean on somebody instead of taking up the load all by yourself, Right. And and that I wouldn't say Michael Jordan always went about it the right way, but he would push people to be the very best True. version of on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. And some of them hated it at the time. They said, a but bully. then looking yeah. back, they were like, yeah, well, but we all got better. Yeah. <laughs> and so We won together. I, I we all got we a should, ring. We all got the yeah. shirt. We all got the celebration. Yeah. We shouldn't hold each other accountable by bully being bullies necessarily, but... But I think in Christian circles, there is this idea that, you know, we should just accept one another no matter what we do and, and, and never call each other, you know, to, to really reconcile the, the issues or, or talk things through. Or, or even, you know, if you see me going in a way that's really harmful for me personally, like being willing to speak up about it without being judgmental, without, you know, being an understanding that in a way of love and so there's a lot of fine line there but the prophetic responsibility of all believers yeah i think i think today um if i've you know if we've talked about anything i i love that idea of of gratitude in covid and as you read facebook i mean there's not a lot of gratitude going around there's a lot of complaining a lot of frustration yeah yeah. But I found that gratitude really changes your perspective, even amidst that stuff. So. Which sounds really terrible, because you know there's you know there's a lot of people, a lot of complaining going on from behind a uh, laptop. Yeah. Connected to Wi-Fi inside an air-conditioned <laughs> building. Um, Drinking you know. a Starbucks latte. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, yeah. Let me <laughs> let me just throw that in. <laughs> you know, I mean, put it in perspective. You know, uh, the the voices that get heard 
saying, hey, everybody's voice needs to get heard, generally uh, tend to drown out the voices that don't have access to technologies. Yeah, you know, um, which is so. one of the issues with school work right now is, you know, you have to find an equitable way to teach equitable. That's mm -hmm. the word way to sure. teach people when you, you don't know that everybody can count on having Wi-Fi and yeah. having a computer and all those kinds of things. Well, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So gratitude is something that, yeah, even the smallest things in our lives, even this breath that we breathe. I'm really liking this idea that the word Yahweh is supposed to be breathe. It's not a name you can say, but it's yeah. it's like that breathing in is the Yah, breathing out is the way. Like, like the very, even the very breath you breathe is a gift. Yeah, Receive it wasn't it. it wasn't in the thunder. It wasn't in the lightning. It wasn't in the, the wind. It was in the still small voice. Yeah, the, It was in the quiet that we heard from God. But we, Well, we hey man, I think... Yeah, I think we've uh, we're about forty four minutes today. So, um, <laughs> man, I'm grateful for these conversations. I'll, I'll share some gratitude there, and uh, grateful for you and all the ministry you're doing. And we'll talk again next week. All right. All righty. Looking hey, love forward you, to man. it. Love you too. Take care. All right. See ya. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.